0: Okay, so it was New Year's Eve, we were in Bristol, and this mate of mine comes up to me, we were in a nightclub, and he goes, Hey, I don't want to panic you, but I think I'm blind. <laughs> so I look at him, I say, Buddy, your eyes are shut. And he opened his eyes, and the, the look of relief on his face, I'll never forget it, the look of relief, He looked around the nightclub, Oh yes, I'm not blind, and then just wandered off back into the mosh pit.
1: How bizarre.
0: <laughs> it was magic. <laughs> If I say the word uni, though, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you, Vic? Nothing. Nothing? No.
1: I have very, very little memory of my time at university, Hamish. Nothing, really. The only thing I gained was a BA honours in being a total fuck-up. <laughs> I think I'll tell you a bit more about that later.
0: Yeah, good. Please do.
1: Yeah. So, Alan, when you think about going to university, what do you think of? Scabs. Scabs? What do you mean?
0: Sausage, chips and beans in a canteen. <laughs>
1: Scabs. <laughs> Funnily enough, Alan and I went to the same uni for a while. We weren't mates, but he was doing a sound recording degree and I was studying film at Northbrook College near Worthing. Yay, hello to my Northbrook College mates. But before that, I had a disastrous period at Luton University. In fact, it was only four months in which I was a probably a drug-addled mess, Hamish. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a good time. I just annoyed my flatmates. I was up all night. I had decks set up in the kitchen. I had a fog machine and a laser set up, like, in between the toaster and the kettle. Yeah, and they were all in bed studying, and I just used to think, oh, what boring fucks. I'm just going to stay up all night having a rave in the kitchen with friends from home. who used to, like, sleep in the hallway I was just that annoying flatmate who drank all the labelled milk and everybody else's food. They used to have to turn the electricity off in the whole apartment to get me to shut up. <laughs> And then I'd be like, oh, God, what's wrong with you all? Universities for having fun, not for going to bed. I just was of a completely nice, different man. attitude to the rest of my flatmates. I remember the reason why, because my parents, when I filled in the form, it said, are you a smoker or a non smoker? And my dad was looking over my shoulder. So I wrote non smoker. Mm. So I ended up being in a halls of residence with a load of non smokers, which at the time was annoying because I wanted to be with the smokers because yeah. I was a smoker, of course. Yeah. And so I think that led me to be in a, in a halls of residence. With loads of boring people, including my now husband.
0: He was in the same hall's residence? (laughs) Yeah, he
1: was the room down from mine, yeah. Does he have
0: any memories of
1: your kitchen parties? He doesn't have a lot of memories. All I know that was John and I used to hang around near the um, onion frying machine at about three o'clock in the morning. He was always drunk. I was always on drugs. So he was kind of passed out in his own vomit (sighs) while I was kind of wide awake on ease. So we, limiting conversation, yeah, So we guys, never used to really pass each other, and if we did, I don't think we could really remember. There is a photo of us having a cuddle. Um, we weren't, we never snogged or anything. Yeah. At uni, we were just mates, but. We were very, very different. And he was a non-smoker, so I was like, oh, he's boring. (laughs) Yeah, so it's terrible. I was just an awful person at university. I was a nightmare. I never went to any lectures. I wasn't known for timekeeping, academia, dependability, or any of those things, Hamish. All I was good for was a well-skinned-up spliff and directions to the Exodus illegal raves.
0: Nice. Yeah. (laughs) That sort of reminded me of a mate of mine. It was his first day at uni He was was in halls of residence as well. So the halls had a communal kitchen. And he went into the kitchen first. uh, I need to make new friends. And there was a guy there cooking on the frying pan. Hello, mate. Oh, hi. He goes, What are you cooking? And the guy just goes, (laughs) Ketamine. Oh. (laughs)
1: Uh, Funny you say that, actually. All our knives, I remember, used to have like a burn edge on them. Because we used to do this thing called hot knives, which was when you like heated up hashish on a knife and oh, just yeah. inhaled the smoke from it. Don't do that, like anybody listening. I was mental and I had mental health issues because of my behaviour yes. at university. We are never, ever saying any of these things are good. We are saying these are our experiences that have led us to have to be sober, which of course is brilliant, but they are not good things to be doing, especially at uni. not in to a yeah.
0: sobriety podcast to hear ways to smoke hashish off a knife. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although I do have some good ways if anyone wants to write It's another podcast. We'll yeah, do a separate po- podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, I, I want my my plan for this episode was that we will record it in bed, in our pyjamas, like surrounded by cold pizza. That was basically how I spent 90% of my uni.
1: With Countdown? Did you watch Countdown at uni? No. Yeah, I used to lie in bed watching Countdown. That was my favourite.
0: So, yeah, we couldn't reinvent that. We are in a bedroom, but it is a children's bedroom. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we're halfway there.
1: Halfway there, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I suppose, Hamish, what was meant to be the best years of our lives... For me, anyway, it was mostly spent getting off my nut and doing really very little. Yeah, sounds about right. The best thing about this podcast
0: is... Getting to hang out with me. No. Time away from the kids. Mm, sort of. Honing your pun writing skills. Definitely,
1: but also the amazing messages and emails we receive from you lot.
0: Without trying to be force modest, it does actually blow our minds that the two of us chatting rubbish in a child's bedroom can reach so many lives.
1: We put a lot of time and effort into making this a fun and supportive podcast and it means the world to us when it reaches the ears of people that need
0: help. One such email that we received recently inspired me to write today's episode. This email came from a British man in his 20s who comes from Newcastle, which is where I was at uni. Without wanting to indulge too much about what he said, it gave me hope that the younger generation are strong enough to give up alcohol in the face of adversity.
1: Neither of us even knew that it was possible when we were that age to give up drinking. Although we have touched upon stupid things we got up to at uni and talked a little bit about sports initiations during these years, we have not until today focused an episode entirely on university.
0: Let me preface this episode by saying that we are speaking from a very privileged position. We both went to university, which is a situation that just over half of people in the UK are able to do and just over 60% in the US.
1: Yeah, in my day, Hamish, most people went, I think, because it was free back then.
0: Yeah, see, I went the last year that it was three grand. So the year after I joined, it went from three grand to nine grand.
1: Yeah, it, it went trebled, up, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, you have to pay now in England. I know. Is it? Yes, yeah, still that much. Is yeah, I think probably, it's a lot. It's quite more. a lot to go to uni. You end up getting, you actually end up going to uni, getting pissed, and ending up massively in debt. Yeah. So that would be another reason to turn to alcohol after university is because you've, you know, you've pissed it all up the wall, sure. all this money, not learning anything, probably not a good. A, a, got a degree and then you come out in a dire financial situation but
0: i wonder if it's now actually being expensive makes people reassess you know like you said it was free when you went so everyone went
1: yeah maybe i didn't care as much because no one was paying yeah. so i just like oh it doesn't matter
0: so yeah, i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing yeah and it's, it's obviously bad that it's not easy for everyone to do anymore no but I, there's definitely stories like yours when people just waste it you know?
1: Yeah, totally waste it i agree with you
0: The reason that this is such an important phase of life to focus on with regards to drinking is that whereas the school years are when we are first introduced to booze and might even start establishing some drinking habits, university is when these habits can turn into a problem.
1: Are you ready for some college drinking stats in America, Hamish? You
0: know how to get me going.
1: Yeah, roughly 20% of college students meet the criteria for having an alcohol use disorder.
0: 20%.
1: 20%. Close to 60% of college students between the ages of 18 and 22 admit to drinking in the past month. Of those, nearly two in every three engaged in binge drinking. A little less than 2,000 college students ranging from 18 to 24 years old die from unintentional alcohol-related injuries each year. There were two people at uni when I was there and in Brighton that died from alcohol related issues, acquaintances of mine that I knew one guy fell off a wall Mm. after a night out and hit his head and died. And another girl I know fell down some stairs and passed away. So there you go. There's just two people that I know. And I think if alcohol hadn't been in, in, you know, in play in those situations, that wouldn't have happened. These people would have gone on and led amazing lives. Like it's the impact of alcohol at this age is massive. Mm -hmm. And Also, I think we should say here how it affects people's behaviour in some of these colleges and some of these universities in the world is that people put themselves at risk and people take advantage of that, which is a huge issue when alcohol is in play as well.
0: Yeah. So let's begin by looking at why we drink so much at university before sharing a few stories of our own. So, Vic, why did you drink to excess at uni?
1: I think there was a lot of pressure on me at that time. Mm -hmm. And at 18 there's a lot of choices to be made Hamish isn't there yep. I didn't know what I wanted out of life so therefore it was easier to drink away the choices rather than deal with them I'm sure my parents would have wanted me to go to university and go right I was doing a degree in marketing I'd got through through clearing which means I'd failed all my A-levels and I just wanted to leave home mm. so I was just desperate to get out of the home because I hated my parents at that stage we just weren't getting on so that was the point that I chose to leave not because I wanted to educate myself mm. but because I wanted to leave home and there within lies the problem doesn't it because I wasn't doing it to get a better education or to get a career I was doing it just because I wanted to live somewhere else Mm -hmm. so that was my first issue also the societal pressures my need to make friends be fun enjoy the best years of my life as it were Um, it just was an easy way to cover up any insecurities that I had and just be that fun person there was no thought about education for me
0: Mm -hmm. I think for me a lot of it comes down to boredom right I mean I literally chose modules. I did English literature and I chose modules that had the least lectures. Yeah. So I probably did 80 to 85% of my entire degree lying in bed, either reading the book or writing the essay, um, which was insane. And because of that lack of workload and the fact that university halls are bloody grim they and actually grim. university yeah. homes are Equally awful. Yeah. So it's much nicer being out at a bar or a nightclub than having a night in. True. So my, to give you an idea, my bedroom in my last year at uni was the downstairs one. It was underneath the bathroom. For the entire year, if anyone had a shower in one of the two showers in our house, we had yeah. six guys living in it, water would run down my wall oh. and into the uh, into the radiator. Yeah. I called like our handyman, the landlady... Every week and nothing ever happened. I just had a shower on the inside of my bedroom every day for a year.
1: Isn't it funny how in those days, and that's not long ago for you, really. No, what is that? Not that even weird. 15 years ago. Yeah, no. Isn't that weird? Like we were just accepting that if you're a student, you live in a shithole. Yeah. And it like, could be mold growing on the ceiling, mm-hmm. rat droppings everywhere. Here it would be cockroaches. I remember some of the dives I lived in when I was a backpacker here. It's just disgusting. No yeah. one does any washing up. There's ashtrays all over the floor. Yeah. You just live in total squalor. It's like being in a squat, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know why. We're just all off our heads all the time. No one can be asked because everyone's hungover. Yeah, no well, one that's wants it. to clear up. And landlords were shit as well, weren't they? Yeah. It was like the young ones, wasn't it? <laughs> All over again. You're probably too old. You're no, probably too no, young, young for the young ones. ones. Okay, yeah. People listening will know what the young ones is. It's like a an '80s show about with with uh, Adrian Edmondson about being a student in London, mm-hmm. and it was just them just living in this horrible house and horrible people and just them doing nothing all day every day which is basically
0: what we did well like what's the i remember thinking like, what's the point clearing up we're only like two days away all the time from another house party ours yeah so that's I, true what's the point point?
1: and you always had that one flatmate who was the tidy one who'd just sort of be up early in the morning sort yeah. of huffing and puffing in the kitchen cleaning up after yeah. you and you'd just be looking at them going god stop doing that it's just going to be messy again yeah, in an hour that
0: was me that, that was me I can remember like coming down to go to a lecture in the morning quite often and the night before party's still going on I'd come into the living room and be like fuck off mate you look fresh faced yeah it's 7am yeah. we're still partying I'd be like offering everyone a cup of tea and a coffee like piss off get out <laughs> you're making us feel bad about our lives
1: no game hame at his best yeah dear oh dear and for me it was my first taste of freedom like I hadn't been getting on with my parents at that stage. I remember I'd driven my Morris Minor to university and it was like I remember driving towards, you know, up the M4, mm. up the, um, what is it? It's the M1, isn't it, that goes up to Luton, I think, <laughs> and just thinking, this is it, I'm free, I'm I'm moving out of home. And that feeling was amazing and all I wanted to do with it was it for to carry on forever um, because there were no rules anymore and for me that was the best rebellion ever and, of course, It meant I could drink whenever I wanted to. Yeah. I also
0: think we're in this wasteful mindset because the money that we're spending often is borrowed or lent. Either you're borrowing from university or a bank or a parent. And because you haven't earned it, you're in a wasteful, you know, like a wasteful frame of mind. Yeah. The only way that I can conceptualise this is if you walk past 20 quid on the floor. Yeah. You pick it up like let's spend it. You spend it immediately on anything, yeah. And I actually think that's what winning the lottery would be like: is you get a massive amount of money, you didn't earn it, there's no value to it, so you just blow it, yeah. and that's why, you're like we went out every day you you didn't earn the money you didn't put the graft in piss whatever I'll I'll repay it when I'm old and I'm earning money
1: yeah it was like that I'll sleep when I'm dead sort of feeling wasn't it yeah Yeah. you just get on with it it's someone else's money I'm spending free money here yeah Which what was that money for you got student loans what was that money supposed to be spent on food we just used to buy rice and pasta a bit of cheese eat once a day and then spend the rest on going out to pound a pub you know pound a pint Irish pubs yeah Yeah, it was good good times. It was good times,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) I was covered in vomit for most of it, but it was good times. Universities are constructed to encourage drinking, I think, Hamish. Cheap drinks, as we said, those Irish pubs. Sporting team traditions, which we talked about before. A night out, every night. There was always something going on. Do you remember Freshers' Week? You'd turn up and it would just be like this week-long of party. Mm. I couldn't believe it. It was like my idea of heaven.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Our oh, Monday night is yeah. this night, seventies night, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Every night, yeah, the R- best. Brilliant. You're, you're selling universities well, here. I'm probably. just, I'm just putting myself <laughs>
1: back into that time. Like how, like I loved it. Yeah, it was just because it was just purely drinking time. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do anything. I would just stay in bed all day. There was no one there to tell me to get up. Mm. No one to tell me off. I could do whatever I wanted for the first time. There
0: was no authority. Well, that's it. I think we were too young to make smart choices.
1: Yeah. I've, well, that's uh, an
0: excuse, yeah. actually. We were too young to make smart choices, but that's not an excuse for not making smart choices, if that makes sense.
1: I I wasn't capable of making smart choices, Hamish, because yeah. my brain was so pickled from alcohol. I wasn't capable of learning anything. I was unmotivated and lazy, too busy drinking and trying to be cool. hmm. I wonder if we'd have gotten on at university.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Not I, if
1: you were the one cleaning the ashtrays out, out at seven tea. o'clock in the morning. I don't
0: know if we would have done it. I think I've only know the sober you. So I think when you tell these stories, I'm intrigued and afraid in equal measure. <laughs> so I reckon we would have been great mates at uni. We would have had some wild nights out. And then I reckon I'd have finished uni and be like, right, now the serious part of my life needs to start. Obviously, friends like Vic have to hit the wayside. <laughs> She's going to drag me down and I'm being grown up now.
1: That's probably why I don't see many of my old uni mates anymore. But they probably thought, God, i got to run away from her. I think I would have probably have avoided me too. Uh, I don't blame you, Hamish. Sorry. Shall we share a little bit our, about our own time at university? Yes. Well, no. as you can tell, mine was very short and sweet. I was the pound a pint girl. How short? Four months. Yes, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Four months, the Luton legend. (laughs) Uh, My parents actually dropped me off. I have mentioned this on the podcast before because it is relevant. and There is a chapter in my book about it. Um, My parents dropped me off at university with a crate of beer Mm -hmm. and I put a sign on my door that said free beer here. And that's the that Luton L- 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 Legend. L- L- Legend, yeah. So I set myself up from the first yeah. day to have a reputation to go, look, here I am. This is where the party's at. You don't need to come here if you're going to be educating yourself. Mm. I've got free beer. Let's get this party off. You know, let's get this party started. Yeah, yeah. And looking back now, I do think that is a bit of a sad story. I was too busy trying to get people to like me. That's what that was about, like saying, come here, look at me. I'm fun. Like, Whereas I should have gone, look at me, look, let's read a book together or something. But I just wasn't on my card. Free books. Car. Yeah, free imagine books. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine all the swatty nerds that
0: would turn. You would have I've been there. I've got all the Harry Potters and all, uh, all the rings. Yeah. Hello, I'm Hamish.
1: Oh, I heard you're reading books in here. Can I join your club?
0: <laughs> True, free <that's>... board games.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <Yeah>, Sudoku club. <laughs> I was definitely too busy wanting to people like me, as I said. Education was not on my mind. I stayed there four months. My story is very sad, Hamish, because I left the day after a girl came up to me and said, Hi, you're Vicky. You're the one that takes loads of of drugs and is off her tits all the time. It was somebody that I'd never met, came up to me at a nightclub. I would just snorted a line of coke off a deck and I had granules dripping out of my nose. And this girl that I'd never met basically Uh told me I had a reputation there. And I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought everyone just thought I was funny and cool. Mm. I never, ever, never had someone pulled me up on my partying until that point. That was the first time in my life somebody said, what you're doing is not okay," Mm. in some sort of subliminal way. And it shook me to the core so much so that I went home and I packed my bags and I left the next day. But actually, what I did do is pack my problems into the car and drive them down the M4 and carry on partying in a different
0: location. So, yeah, is that, so when you left uni, you still lived out of home, you just moved somewhere else? Well. I moved
1: home, I had my oh, arguments home. with my parents, yeah. and then I ran away to Brighton. Yeah. Which is where my behaviour actually became worse. Mm. Because I didn't have any help, I didn't know what I was doing was wrong. I could see that somebody else would thought it was wrong, but of course I didn't know how to stop. Yeah. I needed some sort of intervention, because I was mm-hmm. really spiralling out of control at that time in my life. And there wasn't anyone. I ran away from the person that told me I had a problem. Yeah because I couldn't face it at that stage. So I ended up in Brighton, which I loved. You know, my drug taking spiralled out of control. I was taking drugs every weekend and my drinking got worse. I was working in pubs down there. Eventually I went back to uni. I studied a script writing course where Alan went Mm -hmm. um, and a film course. But I was indulging too hard at that time. You know, I was going to see Fat Boy Slim. You know, I got arrested. My panic set in. And my body started to rebel against mm-hmm. what I was doing, which eventually led to me moving home. Did and you that, finish
0: uni the second time?
1: I did. I got an HND in, filmed, in film yeah. and, and script writing. So yeah. I
0: guess in that in between stage, when your drinking went up, you're probably labelling yourself as like, oh, I couldn't even finish." Like, I couldn't even finish uni, which is a piss up. Yeah, and then that would. You know, that kind of negative self-talk probably escalates drinks and drugs, right?
1: Yeah. And also I've felt like I was letting everybody down all the time, Mm -hmm. like finishing, coming home and saying to my parents, right, I've left university, even though it's been this huge thing. Mm -hmm. Off she goes, drop her off. Mm -hmm. We're very proud. And then I had to drive home and say, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, you know, the behaviour got worse and I ended up leaving home, not talking to my parents for probably more than a year or two. Mm -hmm. And then getting worse because of the guilt I felt over that and not knowing that what I was doing was wrong. And, of course, that led to me being mentally unwell. So my time in Brighton was, I, when I look back, I go, yeah, I had fun. And there were the best times of my years. But eventually that led to me being so mentally ill that I had to move home for a year mm. and, and, and see a doctor because I had severe anxiety. So my university days led to me having mental health issues, actually, yeah. Hamish, which is quite serious. And I'm sure it happens to a lot of people. For sure, I, You know, I wonder if I'm alone in this. I don't think I am. I went off the rails at this crucial time of my life—the life, the time of my life when I should have been educating myself and learning and finding out what I was and what I should do with my life.
0: I spent destroying myself. Well, I think that's the pressure. I think, you know, your university years are, in inverted commas, the best days of your life. Everyone keeps telling you that. Oh my God, you're so carefree. You haven't yeah. got a job and you're old enough to live out of home and it's it's the best time ever. And I think for lots of people it is, but for probably the same amount of people have got stories like yours where it leads to issues of drink, it leads to mental health problems. It's like yeah. a highly anxious... Because, because school is comfortable for a lot of people, it's a small classroom of people you've known for a long time. You can be a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. And uni is like... All of your skills of being social and making friends put to a test. Like suddenly yeah. you're no one in a mass, in a city rather than a school.
1: Yeah, you have got to prove yourself yeah. in that situation. Yeah, and um, the only way I knew how to prove myself was by drinking and taking drugs. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. being loud. Here I am. Be mm-hmm. friends with me. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. And I've had that heartbreak of my two best friends. Yeah. recently, like since what, between sixteen and eighteen. I had felt a sense of heartbreak with mates, so of course the only thing I wanted to do was make new mates, mm-hmm. and I didn't know another way of doing
0: it. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Okay, so for me, uni was fueled by cheap drinks, like many of us at Newcastle. It was Trebles Bars, I've speaking about. Oh so yes, the Trebles Bars. Trebles Bars. So if triple you haven't, shots. Haven't heard us talking about that. It is Trebles Bars would sell you three Treble Vodka Red Bulls, oh. not Red Bull, obviously cheap alternative for four pounds. So you get nine shots. For £4.
1: That is bonkers. That should be illegal. That is out of control. Well, they did
0: put it up to £5 during right. my time there, and there were riots. <laughs> People were upset about that. And yeah. these Trebles bars were opposite um, a club we used to go to where the Jaeger bombs were a pound. So you go, you, you've would had 10 shots before you're in a nightclub, basically. Um, and I never remember, my whole time there, I can never remember the walk from the Trebles bar to the club. It was probably oh, yes. a five-minute walk. Literally, I've never remembered it. I'm not surprised. No. no. Um, and then K cider. Are, are I spoke to be about K cider? Yes, yes. Yeah, I yeah. think so, K yes, cider. Often, sadly, is what, if you walk past somebody homeless in the UK, it's often K cider they're drinking. It's about 9% strength. It's very cheap. It's in a black can with a red K on it. And there are literally videos on YouTube of people who've locked themselves in a room and drunk like six of them and then just filmed them going off their nut. Oh, like it's not good. K cider, yes. Vicious stuff. I've not had one since uni, which is. Probably a good idea. Is yeah. it still
1: available,
0: is it? Yeah, in England, yeah. Oh, All yeah, right. Yeah, not here. Um. And so, yeah, that was like the fuel. So that was what I was drinking. And then that was add that to boredom. Okay, so okay. uni... There's not a lot to do. I played a lot of FIFA. You watched a lot of Countdown. I remember um, a couple of examples of this. We were so bored. We're like, we should go to Edinburgh. Make like, people go to Uni in Edinburgh. It's probably a cool town. We drove to Edinburgh. We had we, <laughs> talk about making no plans. We drove to Edinburgh, which is from Newcastle. I don't know, three, four, five hours. I'm not sure. Then we got there. And we're like, we've got able to stay. So we looked at a hostel. The host, hostel was too expensive. Just drive back to Newcastle. Just yeah. <laughs> just, I don't way. think I don't think we even got the car. Just drove uh, back. Um, there was one point my first year at uni where I didn't go outside for 12 days. Why? So, our uni hall, it was snowing, it was like January. Right. Thick snow in Newcastle. Our university halls would give us lunch. Right. So, was it breakfast? No, just lunch. So, and there was one way that I could walk to the sort of cafeteria of my bedroom <laughs> without going outside. So, I did the long walk round in 12 days. Snowing every day. I was. First, let's 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 establish this. In England, the first year at uni yeah. doesn't count towards your degree. You need to get forty percent just to get through, and then your second and third year are what count towards your degree. Your third year often counts for twice as much as your second year. So your first year is literally a joke. Get forty percent, which is a wild way for it to be set up. It so is wild. yes, you're not going to any lectures. For me, it was snowing, so why would I go outside? So twelve days I didn't go outside.
1: But that forty percent, it's like saying, don't worry, this year you can get wasted. Yeah. That is absolutely fine. Yeah. Just carry on, do what you want
0: to do. This doesn't matter.
1: I mean, there must be so much money going down the drain and brain cells going
0: in it's that wild, first year.
1: And particularly, like, like, you, you're
0: just coming off a gap year, most of you, which has already been a year of not doing a lot. Yeah. Like, I worked a job for six months, then travelled for six months. Like, you're already in this in this mindset of not doing a lot and then you just cruise through first. Why would you try on your first year?
1: Well, why don't they just shove that year into another year? So yeah. you just go to uni for two years yeah. rather than just like having this big waste, wasteful year where in fact you probably get a bit of a booze problem.
0: Yep, for yeah. sure.
1: So you create the booze problem in the first year. The second year you might get a drug problem. Third year, rehab.
0: Yeah, perfect, <laughs> <it>? that's that's <laughs> yes, the university. That'd be a better
1: setup. If you would like to support the Sober Awkward podcast, we're excited to announce that we've joined Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform which allows you to give back for the content you love.
0: By buying Sober Awkward a cuppa once a month, we can keep the giggles coming and continue sharing our sobriety message.
1: By joining Patreon, you get access to Sober Awkward merch, extra content, special promos and loads more. Just find the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com and search for
0: Sober Awkward. And together we could learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. Talking about that trip to Edinburgh, like I spent a lot of my university years travelling around to other mates at other unis. You sort of part in your town, you want to go to the other ones. So most of my mates went to Durham, Bristol, Manchester, Leeds and Dublin. So I spent, you know, basically three years travelling around these five cities I couldn't tell you a single thing about any of those cities. We literally Mm. used to go, get drunk, come back. There was a trip we went to Manchester. So my mate, it was his birthday and his favourite DJ was Ricardo Villalobos. Mm. And he was playing at this warehouse. It was like, got to go. It's his birthday. Ricardo's playing. We got to the nightclub early. And then we got, or he got caught trying to sneak a mate of his into the club through the smoking area. He got kicked out. We all left as well as like a sign of solidarity on yeah. his birthday. Didn't even see Ricardo Villalobos. Got home, partied at home. He was like depressed because he missed it. Went to sleep, woke up the next morning. This happened to me in Manchester a few times. I've woken up in the morning, looked around and been like, we need to go. We're meant to stay here two nights. After one night, I'm like, it's grey yeah. in a horrible university house oh, with always a hangover. was raining with a hangover oh, so we need to get back to Newcastle awful. that happened a lot and in Dub- Dublin was bad Dublin we had four mates who all lived in the same house who had birthdays in the same week oh, as Paddy's Day messy. so we went every year we went for four birthdays and Paddy's Day in a week and yeah just just and they were still at uni like their uni didn't break up till the week after Paddy's Day which is insane God. and ours was earlier so like 30 of us would go to Dublin.
1: How did you park. survive that? I remember those those ones where it was someone's birthday, then then a big night out, and then somebody else's birthday. It was almost like a wedding, you know? Mm. It's like you have to force yourself into drinking next day, even though every bone in your body is saying, please don't pour alcohol on me. Yeah. You still hair of the dog in the morning at the pub or at the, mm. over your fry-up. It's just like, right, we've got to get back on this now. That feeling, I just knew it was wrong to drink when I was that hungover, but I knew, I thought at that age, there was no other option. Mm. Of course there was.
0: Yeah, but you think we're all this together. Like, this is how we this is how we bond. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. When we get drunk, this is how we bond. When we're hungover, like, we'll bond over the fact we all feel bad. Like, you just put, like, col- the collective... Bonding is more important than like what's Your this health. doing to my health? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so true. And then like, on those trips as well, there's one injury story I need to tell. So we had a mate of ours visiting from Leeds, and I can remember at this at, at the place he did one pound jäger bombs, and he took a step back. He's a big boy, he's a rugby playing boy, and he took a step back, got hit by a taxi in front of us. Oh, no. He flipped over the over the yeah, he, like, hit the windscreen over the top, landed on the other end, and actually weirdly because he was drunk um, and completely loose. Oh, yeah, totally bounce. Fine. Totally fine, yeah.
1: Yeah, Got
0: no car that well, out. I mean, yeah, carried Craig, on. That Lucy, don't that remember that Lucy got hit by a car and landed
1: on... Yeah, Lucy got hit by a car when she was drinking one night and landed, she got hit and then landed like a cat on all fours, got up and walked away and told <sighs> the driver to fuck off. Yeah. yeah. she's got a funny story about that. It's crazy the things we did at uni. I, I mean. Funny enough you mentioned manchester i had a night out in manchester it was supposed to be a night out with my mate nicky scott hi nicky we went to canal street which is this big area of manchester where's all that like kind of really good gay nightclubs and stuff mm. and i remember the night starting and then i remember it was three days later wow. yeah i don't wow. remember anything in between I just remember being in all these clubs, having a good time. Sort of like flashcards of a night out. That's yeah. it. And I just remember thinking, wow, well, that was a good night out. And then Nikki saying that we've been out for three days. Oh my god! And that was my night out in Canal Street one night.
0: Yeah, three nights. God, isn't that bonkers? Yeah. What was I
1: doing? really seriously, Hamish, what was I doing? Yeah. Can you imagine? God, how did I survive that?
0: The stories that we've missed out on. Imagine the stories from that night we could have included in the podcast. I think amyl nitrate was involved.
1: Do you know amyl nitrate? It's that thing that you sniffed in a bottle that made you. Oh, poppers. Yeah, poppers. Yeah. Yeah. That has got to be so bad for you, that stuff. Uh, What even is that? Oh, anyway. We mentioned at the start of the episode that we were inspired by one of the emails we received. An email from someone in their 20s who decided to give up alcohol. Even the idea of this was alien to us growing up. Despite the warning signs, the injuries, the hangovers, the lack of memories and the run-ins with the police, neither of us even thought of giving up. The question is why?
0: Well, it's easy to make up excuses for ourselves, but the truth is we didn't see anyone else doing it. So we had nobody to model off. Now, I know that's a cop-out, but I think there's an element of truth to it.
1: There so is. If everyone's Mm. doing something, why would you look outside of that? There's no need to, is there? I had a lack of a better idea of how to fill the time. I wasn't creative because my mind was stunted by alcohol, which I realise now in sobriety. I stunted all my creativity. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea of how to fill the time. What else was I going to do? When I wasn't watching Countdown, I was drinking. I was recovering. And
0: trying hard is what the nerds did.
1: Yeah, trying hard was the losers. Yeah. Yeah. The losers were my goal, people. I realise that now.
0: Right. Yeah. I wanted to be them. Yeah.
1: So therefore I knew I couldn't. So therefore I shunned them like a horrible bully. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a lot, right? When you speak to people about being sober, people often react badly because they maybe want to be sober and you're doing the thing that they want. Yeah. Because
1: they can't feel, they feel like I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. So therefore you shun the thing that you think you mm-hmm. can't do.
0: Um, we were not mature enough to realise that we were lucky to be at uni and should be focusing our time and energy on getting the best possible grades. In short, we were spoilt little brats. Now I feel this a lot yeah. about uni. Yeah. Like so, I remember. So yeah, like I said, when I went, there were fees, and my dad paid the fees.
1: Right. So course, that would
0: that would ensue some guilt. Guilt for sure. I was like, what a prick! Like I cruised uni. I did. I, I got more than forty percent in the first year, but not a lot more. And then the way it's set up in England is you get a first, which is seventy percent plus. A two one is sixty percent plus. And the mindset is a two one is good enough. Get yeah. two one and get a job yeah and I can remember you know like doing the maths and be like right I need to get not that much to get 2-1 I did well in my second year if I do well in my dissertation then I can cruise the rest and get 2-1 that was my mindset on something mm. that I wasn't paying for like so spoiled yeah I, I have shame about that for sure yeah. not trying my hardest and I, there was another guy at universe who wasn't crazy smart but he tried seriously hard and he got first and I would think I could have got first mm. but that's not the mindset you know, not the mindset. It's two not the mindset. one is enough. The yeah. first year is a joke. Just do what do whatever else is doing.
1: It's just about winging it for me. Like if you mm. if drinks involved and drugs and and you're a people pleaser, those three things are going to mean you're trying to wing. Your time through education because something because you're distracted by the party and you want to mm. be doing something else. You have got to get the work done to be able to go out. I remember my mate Vic. Hello, Vic. I've got. My, I'm mentioning all my mates that I owe yes. apologies to. Um, she wrote my dissertation for me.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I had to do a, well, a film college. I had to do a dissertation. I did it. I think I did it on the film Scarface. Mm-hmm. And she wrote this amazing dissertation for me and gave it to me. Yeah, what? yeah. thank you, Vic, for doing that for her? me. No, she just did it for me. I was, I was struggling. She's like, oh, I'll help you. She wrote the whole thing on one of those. She do you remember those typewriters? Do you remember those electric typewriters yeah. you had yeah. To use? yeah. We didn't have computers when I was at university. Wow. We had electric typewriters that you put paper in the back of.
0: Who is this lady?
1: Yeah, Vic. She lives in Perth. She's my She's, mate. She's in friends. Margaret River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She
0: bought a, yeah. F- like a lifetime of friendship doing a dissertation. Yes, station. she
1: sure did. Good on yeah. her. Yeah. Drugs and alcohol were the fuel of building friendships and relationships when I was at university. In short, they were considered what the cool kids did. Would we be liked if we were sober
0: at uni, Hamish? I'm not so sure. I know. Well, I've got a story to tell here, which I went for a walk with a friend in Sydney last week and he said to me he's not sure if he's going to give up alcohol forever or not. But either way, he's got no regrets about his drinking years based on the friendships he made and the memories Mm. he created and i sort of you know he he obviously isn't a problem drinker so i guess i can understand that mindset and actually the fact that that mindset i'm sure thousands of people would agree with yeah sort of shows up how broken the system is
1: yeah yeah it is it, that, it, and I, that's the I problem can with see you, why you I said that. you've summed it up right there hamish mm. alcohol is normalized at university as it is in various workplaces and various countries and and various you know, activities, mm-hmm. it is normalized. So, therefore, if something is normalized in your environment, it makes it okay. And yeah. at university, it made it okay. Whereas, really, your friend would have experienced a much, much better time at university if he'd been sober. Mm. I can assure you 100% that that would have been the case. Like I would have done, I would have had better friendships. I would have finished. I would have stayed. Mm. I would have had. Bonding situations with people that I would remember, Mm -hmm. whereas the bonding situations that I had were rowdy and riotous and nothing but me dribbling on a stranger. Mm -hmm. That was as far as it went. So looking back, you know, I regret not being present and alert at uni.
0: Another reason that we probably didn't stop drinking at uni was the fact that we didn't think it was weird or even a problem yet like you said society said it was normal this is what uni is all about and but like that that's all the convincing we needed yeah. we weren't looking for a reason to get out um, have any of your mates from uni i know you weren't that too long have any of them gone on to have a problem with alcohol
1: i'm sure they probably have i have yeah. no idea i wasn't there long enough and i didn't keep in touch with anybody because my bonds weren't that strong because i was drunk so therefore, I do have some mates from uni, a couple of them, but I wouldn't say they're my best mates in the world mm. because I was at, off my head and the bonding wasn't real. Yeah. if I'd been sober, I bet you I'd still be great mm. friends with those people.
0: Well, I've got a couple. Well, I definitely one who's gone on to have a problem with drinking, and you know, I guess that it's it's a culmination of two years. It's your gap year if you took one, which is very booze heavy. Mm. Then that first year of uni, which doesn't mean anything, is booze heavy, and then second and third year inevitably, you you know. It takes a pretty strong-minded person to get your head back on track and yeah. work really hard when you've had two years of getting pissed every day.
1: And then you probably normalise it. You don't realise that you're doing it after university. You've become, It's become so normal in that environment. Then you go into another environment mm. no matter what job you do and you're probably subliminally seeking out jobs that have a culture within them because yeah. you want to carry on. Yeah. The only thing that you know how to do. It's really interesting, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's like, a, it's like a domino effect.
0: I can remember, yeah, loads of my mates went into insurance. Right. And they tell you about how Fridays are at the pub at midday, you don't get back to the office and it's on the company card. And I can remember thinking, amazing. I never yeah. wanted to work in insurance, but I remember thinking any job that you're whining and dining on a company card and getting pissed in a pub during the working day is like the yeah. ultimate.
1: I remember at 16 doing my work experience in London at an advertising agency, same thing. I was like, I want to be in advertising. All they do is drink all day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the only job I got at uni was in a comedy club. Yeah, yeah you, could, you could drink on the job.
1: Yeah, God. We, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I mean. We were look, we were searching it out. Mm. So perhaps if we'd been sober earlier, we'd be searching out better careers that didn't involve us drinking. Mm-hmm. It's odd. It would be easy for us to rehash the usual suspects like the promiscuity, the injuries, the blackouts, the shameful actions and the hangover anxiety. But there is actually something far
0: more serious bubbling away under all of that. I actually discovered a study on the addictioncenter.com, which completely rocked me with two facts. The first is this. Individuals in their early to mid-20s are the most likely to abuse alcohol and suffer from alcohol use disorders. The younger that an individual starts consuming alcohol, the more likely they are to develop alcoholism later in life. This is especially true of individuals who start drinking before 15.
1: So rather than being encouraged to drink at uni, we should be warned about the risks of developing an addiction. I mean, that is never mentioned at uni, is it? Not once do you have a a warning at the beginning in that Freshers' Week about alcohol. Not once. Would we have listened, though? That's
0: the question. We wouldn't have. Probably not. No. We would have thought they were a loser for saying it. The second fact, though, this is even worse. I honestly couldn't believe this. It says, the more highly educated an individual is, the more likely they are to consume alcohol. Okay. In the US, 80% of college graduates drink. Only 52% of individuals with no college education drink alcohol.
1: So therefore, the pressure that they're putting themselves to work hard, to play hard, it all leads to consuming more at university, of course. We're not the smart ones. We're the dummies, hey, hey. That comes as no surprise to anyone who's listened to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Bottom-based humour. Yeah. (laughs) So other than avoiding a potentially lifelong drinking habit, what other benefits might we have profited from if we'd had a sober university life?
0: Okay, the obvious one better grades. Of
1: course, yeah, we would or have
0: finishing altogether or a grade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a D. Just a D would have Just been. Just a D enough. would have yeah. been good, yeah. yeah.
1: Just anything. I'm sure we both have friends that we got wasted with who would have fallen by the wayside as thing
0: as we grew up. 100%. Um the opportunity to enjoy everything that uni had to offer. So I did student radio and I was in a bagpipe band at the start, but <laughs> thank you, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but neither of them lasted. Yeah, as I never joined a sporting team. You blew oh. out of—did
1: you blow out of steam? Did no. you run out of steam? Good. Oh god, there was—there's so, a bagpipe there joke is in a there. Bagpipe joke right in
0: there. I can't quite get but, it. But yeah, I think in my first year, I remember doing all those things and looking at the, the activities you can sign up to and the sports you can sign up to. And by the second and third year, that's too much effort.
1: Yeah, I remember John saying the same thing. He was in all the sports team, the rugby team the yeah. first year. And then afterwards, he knew he never used to show up because he was always hung over. And then it's like, well, why would I bother? So you actually stop doing the things that you've gone there to it's do. It's wild, isn't
0: it? Yeah. But yeah, for me, you know, I did student radio and you, you sign up and that day, they say, right, you do Monday on 6pm and you're on air. It then took me like 11 years to get back on air. God. You know, and then and sport, that was your passion. That was my, my passion. And then sport you know, now trying to organise twenty-two mates to meet up on a weekend and play any kind of sport—it yeah. doesn't happen. I don't. No. Know, I, I, we live near a tennis court here. I don't know anyone who plays tennis. No, you can't well, just. Have, I play tennis. Yeah, no, I don't want to play with you. I like tennis. No, <laughs> no, we're, no, we're going to have a frisbee match soon. Oh yeah, frisbee. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll
1: do that. We'll stick to that. Yeah, we might have actually remembered the best time of our lives.
0: Yeah. Both of us, very hazy memories.
1: Very hazy days. For you,
0: four months, for me, three years. Yeah. Uh, we would have set the example to anyone else questioning their alcohol consumption.
1: Yes, imagine seeing someone that's sober at uni when you were considering it. That yeah. would have been extremely helpful and very rare. Well, that's
0: what this dude that emailed us. Yeah, probably. he's
1: doing that. Yeah. What a star. We would have built up immense self-confidence from a very young age. Saying no when everyone around us is saying yes would have been absolutely incredible. Still putting yourself out there clubbing and socialising with doing it all sober would have been massive back then. Huge respect from your peers for doing this. I mean, imagine... I did have mates that were sober mm. and I just thought they were so weird. Like, how did you do that? My mate Dana in America, she, she was sober throughout the whole time we travelled together. I just couldn't understand it. Mm. I couldn't believe that she could do that. It was, um, she was amazing to me.
0: I actually would have explored the cities that I visited um, and have spent the booze money on something more memorable. Yeah. Open Top Bus Tours, Yes, always a hit, yeah, always, always a, hit. a yeah. hit.
1: Less shame about the wasted opportunity like you with your guilt and your parents yeah. paying for uni mm-hmm. and me, you know, not feeling like I was living up to what my parents wanted. I felt a lot of gay, guilt and shame and that would have led to more drinking. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole salad bowl of, of mixed up emotions and feelings and pressures and everything that's going on. It makes us drink at that age, which is a shame because... There's a lot going on at that age and you don't have to drink through it, people. Mm -hmm. Like you can do this sober. It's really important to say that it will be a
0: much better experience. It's pretty wild that, you know, those are the years where you're meant to, you know, what is university for? I think university is for growing up. People think 18 you you're too young to enter the real world. So growing up, it's for finding out what you want to do with your life. And it's like getting the grades to take that step into finding your first job. And actually, they're the years where we get pissed more than the other year. Yeah, and it's it's it's... actually
1: reversing all of that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Sadly, we don't get to wind back the wheels of time and redo life. But if you could, Vic, how would you have spent your uni years?
1: I would have gone.
0: Sure, yeah, actually attended. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm gutted that I didn't know better and missed the opportunity to educate myself and turn up for lectures and be present with my friends and all of those things we've discussed. That lifestyle destroyed my mental health, a battle that nearly broke me. It took a few years for me to get over all of that. I just didn't know another way of behaving in which in turn I obliterated any chances of doing a career. Of course, I'm doing something now that's cool, whereas if I hadn't done all of those things, I wouldn't be doing this podcast, which mm. I love, or writing a book, I wouldn't have stories. So there is something to be said for that as well. Well, but I did, I just went travelling and never came back, and I had no qualifications in the end. I think it was my people pleasing ways that overtook my own mental health. And in the end, I hit a wall, and actually, I had to move home and get my parents mm. to pick me up. It was awful. I wish, Hamish, that I could go back and give that party girl a bit of a cuddle because I think she was really, really lost. And I'd tell her to stop and calm down and go to class and stop the spiral before it destroys the next 20 years of mm-hmm. your life. I know it's serious, Hamish, but your stats are 100% right. That period of boozing and trying to impress everyone and making friends and all of that pressure at uni, it led me down a dark path. But I guess, yeah, I do have some good stories from it.
0: You do have good stories, but would your book be better written if you'd studied at uni? Imagine the beginning, middle, end, the structure, the, the, the bibliography, the reference.
1: It would. It would be better read for, <laughs> as someone who was an intellectual, <laughs> but the stories would be
0: very dull. Yeah, true. Maybe maybe the juice is worth the squeeze. It is, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: it's true. I regret not appreciating university, really, is what I'm trying to say, yeah. Hamish. I think university is a chance to find out what you love, who you are, and what you want out of life. An opportunity to allow your mind to grow, and I did the reverse. I shrank my brain and therefore had to wait because I was too distracted by booze.
0: Mm-hmm. about you i think honestly if uni was still set up the way it was then today and i think it probably is in terms of that first year not counting in terms of getting a 2-1 being good enough so to speak um i think i'd have given it a miss yeah i I don't i quite happily have not done uni Mm. i I, I don't know if i regret going to uni but it was just piss off like that that is all that it was there was nothing more to it than getting drunk for three years yeah um so I think yeah if I if I was gonna wind back the wheels of time I just wouldn't have done it and particularly for me
1: or you would have done it sober
0: or done yeah if you could have done yeah if I'd been brave enough if yeah. I'd have been a big enough character to do it sober I would have done
1: yeah
0: um, but I think particularly for me because I, I I during my gap year so you've already applied for uni and signed up and stuff when you leave for your gap year but doing your gap year is when I figured out what I wanted to do with with my life yeah which was to present TV and radio and actually I knew then that nothing I was going to learn at uni was going to help me with that. You know, I was doing English lit at uni.
1: But yet you still do it because it's kind of expected I'd of you. I've already signed up, yeah. yeah. And I
0: guess the mindset is, well, you need a full back. Like, you've got to have a degree mm. because you might have to get a real job at some point. Mm. So actually, yeah, either not have done it at all or, again, I don't, I don't think 20-year-old me could have not done it drinking. I
1: think it's a funny time to go to uni. Mm -hmm. I think you should go at 25 or 30, like the most successful people I know go back to uni later on in life. And some of the most successful people I know are people that started a trade when they were 16 and carried that trade on going throughout their lives, carpentry or whatever it might be, or being a plumber or something. Those are the jobs that, you know, you start earning money early on and you build your way up Mm. and go up the ladder. Whereas at uni, you come out, you've got a degree, and then you've still got to go through the same process as everyone else, and feeling not good enough Mm. and feeling like your qualification isn't anything to do with what you want to do so what i think what we're saying here like is is go to uni it's a great opportunity Mm. but do it you know try and do it well yeah don't miss out on it and if you want to educate yourself in something do it sober because you're not going to remember it otherwise otherwise it's going to be a total waste of time and money yeah and you're going to end up in loads of debt and feeling like shit and guilty because you didn't fulfill the thing that you wanted to do Mm -hmm. it's easy for us to say that now
0: yeah, it's too late. It's too, too late, late we, for us. too late and we wouldn't listen to us. I
1: mean, I might go back to university one day and study something. I would love to actually study creative writing, like you mm-hmm. just said, and make sure all well, my commas are in the right place yeah. rather than having an editor do it, you know? Like, I would love to go back and, and expand my mind a bit more without taking hallucinogenic
0: drugs. Sure. Well, it'd be actually interesting to... to- talk to that guy that sent that email once he's finished uni and be like what what was it like sober yeah because you know, his experiences would be so different to ours
1: i bet you he'd say he enjoyed it
0: yeah i bet he you imagine the time you had on his hands
1: yeah you have to Unreal. email us he knows who he is he knows yeah, that email that. the one that made me cry at the airport yeah. i did respond to him and say i'm at the airport and i'm crying your your oh, email you? was so lovely oh, yeah it was so moving legend. yeah so if you're at union, and you find yourself taking the first step down a dangerous drinking path, feel free to reach out, find some professional help, find our community on cuppa and send us an email at Hamish at soberawkward.com.
0: If you've given up or are even thinking about it, you are already a far stronger person than either of us were at that age. So share your story and inspire others too. I think we end with a quote. I think the fact that this is a Robert Downey Jr. quote yeah. maybe shows that. We didn't really listen. There should be like Nietzsche or like Descartes yeah. or Van Gogh. We could be, it's flipping Robert Downer Jr. But it is a good quote.
1: We like you, a good quote you, from you a celeb. Yeah. A yeah. sober celeb. He's a yeah. sober celeb. Yeah. It, okay, I didn't know that. Yes, he's definitely sober. Yeah. Well, don't you remember, there's a famous picture of him in jail. He was really off his head. I think he was on... Drugs and booze, I think, mm. and he got arrested, didn't he, Robert Downey Jr.? But he's and his career has gone from strength to strength since he gave up everything. So okay. he's a good example. Yeah, he's a sober
0: legend. Yeah. Okay, go. I think that power is the principle. The principle of moving forward, as though you have the confidence to move forward, eventually gives you confidence when you look back and see what you've done.
1: Okay, yes quite Confusing that one. That is quite confusing issue. <laughs> yeah. I Did must have that read
0: one? that when I was smart, and I've You'll got have to, dumber. Ex-
1: a- yeah. You have to explain that one to me after if the podcast. If you get that,
0: email us at Vic and <laughs> yeah.
1: at The principle, the principle,
0: confidence and principle. <laughs> Basically, be sober <laughs> at uni is what he's saying yes, and yes. see what that's like. Robert Downey's
1: Robert Downey Jr says be good at uni.
0: Yeah. Try <laughs> try hard.
1: Try harder and stop drinking. <laughs> the end. Farewell everybody. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support.
0: Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one.
1: Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community.
0: Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support.
1: Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Amy. it's Bloody hell. Have they share it I don't know, just write it on.